Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Everyone loves a good wedding. I had the joy of officiating the wedding of Ben and Lauren Page, our baptism family this morning, a a few years ago. It was a wonderful wedding for a while. Don't get me wrong, wonderful wedding, wonderful couple, wonderful marriage, but the day was sort of interesting. We were up in upstate New York, the family uh, sort of uh, homestead, as it were. And you see the picture there. It's a, a lake there behind us. You see on the left, there's a mountain. There's a mountain on the right, too. You can't see it because there's this wall of water coming across the lake, a rainstorm moving steadily toward us. We saw it coming. We tried to get the service in. Lauren kept mumbling to me, cut it short, skip this. We were working it. We tried. We got there. That was the famous moment you may kiss the bride. They walk out, and somebody right after that hollers, make a break for it. (laughs) And that wall of water arrived at the shore. We spent the rest of the evening looking a bit like wet rats, but had a wonderful time. The reality that even rain can't destroy a wonderful day that we celebrate together. Today we look at another great and glorious day. We look at uh, our reading from Revelation uh, and specifically uh, the call of heaven. Revelation, the revelation of St. John is not revelations. There was one revelation given to John. And that revelation really is what completes God's message All of John's revelation, indeed all of scripture, isn't complete without the end of this letter. Here we see a picture of heaven specifically portrayed as a wedding. A perfect wedding, a perfect marriage. This side of heaven, no wedding, no marriage are truly perfect. Nothing is perfect now. John was given that divine glimpse of our future, that picture of heaven. And we find, what did he see in that picture? We read that, then I heard what seemed to be a voice of a great multitude, like the roar of mighty waters, like the sound of the mighty peals of thunder crying out. Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, write this. Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, 
These are the true words of God. He saw God's people in a new location. It's the bride. The bride is the church, God's people. It's the image of wedding and wedding feast and celebration. Now, this really is a message of all gospel. There's no law here, really, the, the thou shalt, the thou shalt not, because in heaven there's no brokenness, no sin. Today is, is a simple message of celebration. Now, the challenge of Revelation is there's a lot of different teachings out there about how to work through that book. And what I find for a lot of us, a lot of us Lutheran Christians, is there's often two approaches. The, the first is I get really confused and I kind of give up and I don't even want to work through it. The other option is kind of the other extreme. We get really obsessed with all of the, the tiny details, and those details in the front of the book get really very confusing. And we miss this wonderful, simple truth of the gospel. So my first piece of advice is if you get into Revelation and it confuses you, it's okay to just go back to what we know the simple truth of salvation through Jesus Christ in him alone. Because really, by the end, where we are now in, in chapter 1, all of that other kind of symbolic language is over, and the conclusion of the entire prophetic message of Revelation is this vision of a new heaven and a new earth. Thus, that's how the Bible ends. It's fitting since it pictures the end of the old creation and the beginning of the new, the eternal creation. No more death. No more grieving, no more crying, no more pain. It's actually why we read that he, he sees the sea no more. Back then, that the sea isn't the place of pleasure that we think of today. The sea is the abyss, the, the place of chaos. That chaos caused by sin and the fearful guilt that separates us from God because of our sin. Well, that's gone. There, there is no more sin. That's why the, the sea is gone. Those things are finished. It's almost a difficult for me to just imagine what amazing thing it will be to live without death or grief or crying or pain. Right now, we live that all the time, don't we? Life is hard. As I said last week, as we talked about Psalm 23, we don't get to skip the valley of the shadow of death. And even in Revelation, note that, that nothing in our passage indicates that knowing and believing in the end of the story somehow exempts us from suffering during life. That's the consistent theme of the book of Revelation. 
it does not tutor us on how to avoid the suffering of this world, the first heaven, the first earth, today, now. What it teaches, and any theology that honestly teaches that you get somehow to skip that, a, a theology of glory is simply wrong. What we know is John narrates the reality of suffering and then empowers his hearers to live into and through that suffering with integrity. We're not going to skip the valley. We're going to go through it as followers of Christ to the end, the end where then things and those things of broken are gone. Then there is no more suffering or grieving, or crying, or death, or pain, or hot, no cold, no all of those things that aren't right in this world. But we're not there yet. We're not at the end. Now, what's at the end? Where is all of Scripture heading? Well, this is chapter 21. There's one more chapter uh, in the Bible. Chapter 22 of Revelation, and what do we read there? It says, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. and They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will need no lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. How amazing is heaven going to be? Everything perfect again. Just like God intended it to be at the beginning. Heaven is shown here very much in that garden image, the the, the garden of Eden in one way. Remember back in the garden? There were two trees in the Garden of Eden, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Adam and Eve ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, so they were banned from the tree of life. Now, in heaven, only the tree of life. We have that that wonderful picture, the tree of life. On either side of the river, Producing, producing its fruit. Again, garden. That image that reminds us of the original garden uh, way back uh, at the beginning. Interesting that where did Jesus uh, appear uh, in John chapter 20? In a garden. As he had that new tomb hewed out in that garden. It's that wonderful picture. No more death, crying, pain, nothing accursed, nothing broken, no disease, no suffering, nothing wrong. Only dwelling in God's perfect light. 
sounds a lot like the Garden of Eden, doesn't it? The beautiful summary of Scripture is that it finishes where it began. It finishes where God intended it to be. God dwelling with his people. Us living in that perfection that God always wanted us to have. That beautiful, perfect presence of God there with us in his perfect creation forever. How amazing is that going to be? That's why he tells us, write this down. For these words are trustworthy and true. It's done. It's finished. God's work is complete in Jesus. The payment has been made. God is all in all. That's what it means that the God is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. The first letter of the Greek alphabet, Alpha. The last letter, Omega. God is that all in all. God is the beginning and the end and everything in between. Thus, the end of Revelation says, don't add any words to this. Don't take anything away. It is complete. It is perfect. It is finished. A wedding. A wedding is the beginning of life together. That celebration of relationship. That marriage feast of the Lamb is that celebration for us, God's people. It's how the story ends. It's our heritage. It's our destiny. You, God's people, are the bride of Christ, the church. You are destined for heaven. Thus, the words of Revelation, this is how your earthly life ends and how your eternal life begins. How amazing is that going to be? And knowing the end changes my life now. If I know my destiny, if I know where all of this is going, now I approach the day-to-day challenges differently. I have purpose. I have hope. I have meaning. I am ready at all times. Jesus is coming to take me to be with him. Where God's saints will reign forever and ever. So the simple prayer of the church is, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Come quickly. Bring us to that great gift. In Jesus' name, Amen.